Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Conversations with the Galactic slash X-Wish Alliance. Sheila Seppi is away today, so I'm hosting for her. And we have a beautiful guest for, who's in Florida at the moment, who's been experiencing some of the storms that have just hit Florida, Angela Anderson, who will be coming on soon. I'll get her on screen in a minute. I just wanted to tell you all about the Galactic Alliance uh, and the you know former Wish Alliance. If you go to wishalliance.org or galacticalliance.org, you'll find uh, the cosmic conversations there, which happen every Thursday, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm in Sydney, Australia, so it's midday here in Sydney, Australia. On a Friday, I'm I'm a day ahead of you all in the states. Yes, lunchtime on a Friday. It's the 11th of the 11th. We call it Remembrance Day down under. But 1111 Gateway Portal in my part of the world, in your part of the world, I know it's still only the 10th, so your 11th is tomorrow. But for me, it's the 11th, and I feel so blessed to be here with you all today. And I wanted to tell you all about the CAN, Conscious Awakening Network. This will go up on the Conscious Awakening Network, which Sheila has been working so hard to get together. It's a bit of a dream come true for um, her and myself, actually, bringing people who have content from all over the country, well, from all over the world, really, bringing it all together on one network. So my show, Accentuate the Positive, Awakening and Expanding Consciousness is on there. And obviously the con con conscious, no, where are we? Cosmic Conversations and the Conscious Awakening Network Conversations are on there from the Galactic Alliance and uh portal to ascension shows are on there and look there's a whole slew of shows on there you can go to you can download the app on android or iphone it's also on roku uh streaming networks and apple uh fire is it apple fire amazon fire amazon fire sticks and and apple i think it's on apple so it's bringing conscious conversations into a streaming platform for people who are out there watching their streaming platforms to find these conversations these cosmic conversations so it's kind of exciting has anyone downloaded the app that's with us today have you been playing with the app anybody I you have yeah bridget <laughs> and your shows are on there too you're on there bridget renee holiday from awaken i Ascending. am you are yes I am. A, few, a handful of them are on there so far. More to come. More to come. I know. It's very exciting. So if you want to sign up for these Zoom meetings, we've got a whole slew of people on Zoom. They happen twice a week. Go to the Galactic Alliance and sign up. I'm going to uh, spruik my show as well. If you want to watch a content, which I'm now on the CAN network, the Conscious Awakening Network, handful like Bridget handful of shows are there but I'm also on YouTube Rumble BitChute and Odyssey as well as about 40 podcast streaming platforms I actually don't even know how many um, audio podcast shows platforms I'm on because what happens is people just take your RSS feed and then they just pop it you know they start these podcasting um, audio platforms and they just pop your show on there and every now and then I'll get an email saying, claim your show. <laughs> so, so I have to say that my audio uh, audience has just exponentially gone up this year. So there are lots of people starting these audio platforms and putting my show on there. But yes, so, you know, it's on all the regulars like Apple and iTunes or, you know, whatever iTunes calls itself these days and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all those sorts of places. 
And um, also Sheila is putting the Conscious Awakening Network on those audio platforms as well. So the content that's going up on the Conscious Awakening Network, you can also find on audio streaming platforms. Yes, getting the word out there. Woohoo. So um, I also run a group once or twice a month and uh, called the Inner Sanctum. So the Inner Sanctum is for people that know that they're here to make a difference. They're star seeds, they're light workers, they're light weavers, a bit like this group. And uh, we come together. I used to teach every week, but now I've put my teachings into courses. So the, the groups are just a bit like this. We're just for people that come together and share knowledge and meet other people which happens on a Sunday morning here in Australia. It's a Saturday night. And if you want, if you're interested in hearing more about that, just go to my website, karenswain.com slash inner sanctum, and you can sign up for free. It's free or by donation. So I'm going to bring on Angela. You ready to come on, honey one, and introduce you? Here we go. Add spotlight. Hello, Angela. Great to see you. Hi there. Hi there. I'm so excited to be present tonight. <laughs> so what time is it over there? Is it 7 p.m.? Uh, it's 8.08. Oh, it's eight. And, and the storms have calmed down because you're in Florida? Yes. Yeah, we had the bulk of everything this morning, mm-hmm. at least where I'm located. I'm located on the um, west coast of Florida. So I didn't get the, I didn't get the initial impact. I got the the subdued uh, impact, but it was still pretty, um, pretty windy here. So I was speaking to Bridget about this before, who's also in Florida. And what did you say, Bridget? I don't do the storms. I just told my mob, I told my star family, not doing the storms. I'm going to live in Florida, but I'm not going to do the storms, right, Bridget? That's, that, that's, that's my perspective out. as well. That's my perspective as well. Uh, apparently, I, I do the same thing, too, because I slept through most of it. Yeah. I know Florida's had a hard season. Uh, yeah, it's had a hard season with Hurricane Ian. And yeah, I've been watching the devastation. It's, it's amazing. But let me tell you a little bit about Angela from her bio. So Angela, what have I got written here? Beacon of hope, love and light, channel of higher consciousness, conduit of divine oneness. Oneness speaks, channeling messages from Christ consciousness. Prior to 2022, and, and I met Angela through my group, The Inner Sanctum. Angela spent 20 years in the corporate world employed as a software engineer for four different Fortune 500 companies. With a passion for health and well-being, Angela also spent several years working as a certificate personal trainer. She serves as a kundalini today, as a kundalini activator, shaman and channel of the energy of oneness through her company, Oneness Works, LLC. What does LLC stand for, huh? A limited liability company. She's getting organized. Through which she also (laughs) provides private sessions, personal uh, personal and private sessions and group sessions. Angela is one of the co-hosts of the YouTube show Third Eye Salon with with a slew of co-hosts, actually. Um, It's a great show, exploring, like my show, exploring all sorts of consciousness and uh, all sorts of things. It's a great show. And a content creator for 13's Moons Magazine, an online media content stream design to give intuitive creators an avenue to share their medicine while giving a voice to all that is of the divine feminine. Now, that sounds exciting. I'd love to hear more about that. That's, that's something new. I haven't heard of you doing before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something new, something just getting uh, off the ground. And they've 
uh, purpose to bring creatives together to create uh, basically a uh, what it, what do I want to call it? Just a collection of artists who share diff in different ways, whether it's through uh, channeling or through poetry, spoken word, or just any anything written, any, anything really. Wow. It's just an avenue for expression. Yes, amazing. So Angela also spends her free time with one of many hobbies, including reading, wellness, enjoying nature, creating beautiful works of art and building her own custom motorcycles. <laughs> many times during our, our sessions in the Inner Sanctum, she'd be in the, in the garage or the workshop building a motorcycle and listening and tuning in, <laughs> building a motorcycle. I loved it. She plays the role of wife, loving wife to her husband and mother to her two beautiful children and a cat, all of whom serve as the perfect mirror in her experience enabling, um, was it that say, instant, instant enjoyment along with a few challenges. Thank, thank you. Welcome. And uh, what's your, have you got a website up? Linktree, Energy of Oneness on Linktree. Yeah, that's a link. That's a link to all of my links. Everything associated with me, you can get there through Linktree. So let's get, I know your story because I've been living through it, but for those people that are online that don't know it, let's tell people how this all unfolded for you. Ah, okay. It, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll try to condense it just a little bit. And um, it's really applicable to my work at this point. I think I had to live what I was here to do. And um, my, my life is an expression of that. And so I'll say, um, growing up, I've always known there was more to life than meets physical eyes. I've always known that. I've always had the ability to see to a certain degree. And um, growing up, like many people, I didn't have that support system in place that was willing to support um, my abilities. And so I decided when I was younger to turn it off for the most part, because I didn't get that validation from my mom. And my I never talked really talked to my dad about it because I just, I guess I just didn't feel that he could take it. But um, because I never got that validation, I decided to turn it off and still experience small things, little inklings. It's like I would get these, um, have these experience to let me know something was still there throughout life. So at 12, um, high school, adolescence, all, all of that. So let's fast forward to two years ago where it was like 2020. And the start of 2020, um, December of 2019 to be exact, was when I started feeling that push. Like I knew there was something more. I, I felt like I was getting pushed to something more. And the catalyst for me during that time was my marriage relationships provide a perfect mirror for you if you are willing to see it. And it takes a big, <laughs> it takes releasing a whole lot of pride and attachment to your ego in, in order to allow yourself to see and receive it. And so when that catalyst came, my husband was the, was the source of that for me, the mirror for me. And, um, Dealing with that, I found myself blaming him or looking at myself as the victim, and he was the he was the culprit for me. 
And um, as I was having a moment, because our, our marriage has really been rather peaceful, like through, through all of our marriage, we've been married almost 20 years now. And uh, we've never had real arguments. All of our discussions are more, I call them in life life reviews, because that's what they feel like we have, we sit down and we have a legitimate conversation about my perspective, his perspective, and we kind of go back and forth to move forward. We, we've never had an argument, a scream out battle argument. And I've never been angry at him to the degree that I was on in 2019, December of 2019. And as I was angry, I could feel, I could feel this shift happening as I was speaking to him, speaking to him. And it, it, it was almost like I, I began to have two conversations at once. I'm having a conversation with him in the physical, but I'm also having a conversation with myself in the unseen realms. And the conversation in the unseen realms is, why is this happening? What have you done to allow this to happen? What have you done to facilitate um, this happening? Basically, this is showing you you and what you've projected onto him. And as I listened to myself, as I'm talking to him, as I listened to myself have this conversation, I realized that I was projecting all these things that I had carried from my childhood and things that I had seen in my mom and my dad's relationship. I had projected all of that stuff on him. All he did was provide the catalyst for, to bring that out of me. And as I started to endeavor to explore that, that's when things really started to shift for me. I, I joined, I ended up joining um, the inner sanctum, although I put it off for, I don't know how many times they tried to get me to make that leap. I watched Karen's show all the time, but I never, I never even considered joining the group until they started to push it a little bit. And I rejected it like at least three times. And I finally made the decision in that January, February timeframe of 2020 to join. And it was one of the best decisions I made. It was, it was like when I paid that money and I had that initial session with Karen, my guides, I could hear and feel them saying, yes, we finally got out over the hump. It was almost like as if I've lived so many lifetimes and I've never gotten over the hump. But this time I got over the hump. I made the choice and I decided to move forward. And so we had that initial chat and um, she told me a lot of things that resonated that I needed to hear. I needed to hear that I was wearing. One thing I'll never forget you saying, Karen, is that I was wearing my mother's um, beliefs. I was wearing them like a sweater and I had to take them off. And that resonated so much with me that when I did that, I felt this lifting. I felt this lifting like I had finally started to release or unravel and get down to the essence of what was truly um, me. And so um, joined the group, went down that road, had that discussion, finally had the discussion with my husband because I had never even shared with him the woo-woo side of me. He knew, he knew nothing at all. And I remember um, sitting, thinking to myself, if I tell him this, he's gonna leave. He's gonna, he's gonna choose to leave. And that was one of my biggest fears for never sharing that side of myself is that he would 
choose to leave because I would, it was just too much for him. It was too weird for him. He was, he's never been really into church and spiritual things and any of that. And so I, I decided that I was worth, I was worth it, that I had to do it for me, that I had to make the choice for myself, no matter the cost, I was willing to give up whatever it took for me to live authentically as me. It was time for me to be me. And so I sat down and I told him everything. I gave him everything. I didn't tell, I didn't hold anything back. I think I started from like the time I was three-year-old. No, I started before that. I started with my very earliest memory and I told him everything, every weird woo-woo thing, everything that I've ever seen, heard, all the crazy stuff that I've ever experienced, I told him. And he took a big deep breath and he said, okay. He said, well, we'll, 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 we'll move forward together. We'll do it together. We'll, we'll figure it out is what he said. And I thought to myself, yeah, right. Until the, the real stuff, <laughs> the real stuff starts happening. But he has been my biggest um, support. He's been my biggest supporter. And it's, it's funny because he doesn't necessarily understand everything that happens, but because of the love that he has, that's enough for him to trust it. That's enough. That's been enough for him to trust it. And throughout this process, he's shown me, and I, I thought about this after I moved to Florida, because our, our move to Florida has been a big step in that direction and, and me becoming who I'm here to be. But I realized that he's shown me love. He's, he's, he's given me that reflection of what love is here to be. Love is unconditional. It doesn't judge. It doesn't bail when things get hard. He's always been the steady constant in my space. No matter what it is I bring to him, he's always the steady um, rock who's present, always. Even though he doesn't understand it at all, he's open He's opened to it as I've embraced being myself. So I'll tell, I tell everybody the best thing that you can do for this world is to bring your authenticity to live your authentic truth because in so doing you create the safety for the people around you to do the same you start to resonate in a different way and it starts to bring out things in people that they didn't even know was present but it creates an ability for them to be open to new things to new perspectives and it broadens even them as you resonate in a higher um, in a higher way, so that's kind of that kind of brings us forward. Um, I left my job in January of um, 2022. I think that was 2020. Yeah, so I left my job this past January. I left my corporate job because it was no longer a fit. I've known it wasn't a fit for quite a while. But last year, I, I kind of felt it coming on. And this year, I, I decided to pull the trigger because, again, it was one of those instances where I could not any longer deny who I am. I couldn't deny myself any, anymore. And so for me, 
And I know this is not applicable for everybody because some people stick it out in the corporate realm. But for me, it was the best decision that I made. It was like ripping the Band-Aid. And I had to rip the Band-Aid to go ahead and heal. And what happened is, as I ripped that Band-Aid, I was like, in January, I'm like, shit, what did I do? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, like, who am I now? I went through all of this. And it was like, I found myself in a darkness in January. And I told somebody, I said, you know, I'm standing here in this dark place. And the only thing that I can see is my feet. Is, the, is my feet. That's all I can see. That's as big as my radius is. And my guides, my guidance would say, as you trust, the radius will get bigger and bigger and you'll be able to see more and more. And sure enough, that's what started to happen. And so I, I, I really just, I stopped and part of me wanted to go, go back to that comfort zone, but I knew it was in me to move forward in this way. And so I literally just trusted the guidance. I followed the guidance. And so as I did, I started to create these light language, um, these light language videos. Now, in my mind, on the front end of this, I'm creating light language videos because I'm helping the collective, right? This is, this is what I believe at the, at the time. And I think Michael Tamura speaks to this so eloquently because he, he says it's not your job to be here to fix other people. It's your job here to live your authenticity, to be who you are. Everybody has their own team and their own guidance. And it's not your job to fix anyone. That's on the back end. But on the front end, I went in thinking, I'm here to shine my light, this, this spiritual ego thing. I'm here to shine my light and allow that to fix everybody. Well, what happened in actuality is I'm creating these light language videos. And what I'm actually doing now, I can see this, is I'm activating myself. I'm, I'm using these, I'm creating these light language videos and I'm listening to them like five and six times to make sure they're right before I upload them to YouTube. And every time I listen to my own voice, I am lifted and activated in a way that I, I really cannot describe to you in words. But it's happening. And what's happening over time is I've created these light language, different light language series is that I am, I'm, I'm like hyper speeding my evolution is what I really feel like is ha it ha has happened. I hyper sped up my, my evolution and things just started to come. And if you have even looked at some of my videos, they've gone from like low grade videos to like cinematic um, epic videos now that's coming, coming out. And I don't even know where they come from sometimes. I don't even... I don't even start with, uh, with a concept a lot of times. I kind of just sit down at this point now and just allow what comes to be what comes. But in the beginning, I would plan out, okay, I got to speak to this topic. I got to speak to this topic so everybody can get it in a succinct and coherent way. And um, yeah. And so um, my husband and I had some talks. We were living at the time in Minnesota. And um, he said, you know, 
you might have to go find, go back and find something to do to bring in some income because, I mean, I was, I was working in the software industry and you get paid in the so you make a nice uh, chunk of change in the uh, software industry. And uh, when I left, they kind of put a dent in what we were bringing in together. And so he was like, you might have to find something uh, to do to bring something in because the work that I was doing wasn't bringing in enough, of course, in, in the beginning. And so I told him, I said, you know, okay, I'll figure that out. And so I started doing some recruiting, which put me kind of back. It's, it's almost like I was straddling the fence, like not fully into this space that I was supposed to be in, but still kind of hanging on to that aspect of me that I was. So I wasn't really doing software development, but I was recruiting for software engineers. I'm still in the, in the tech space to a certain degree. And what I realized about three, four months in is that, okay, you said you were gonna rip the Band-Aid. You gotta go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. You gotta let that go. Cause that's no longer who you are. And it's holding you back. It's, it's holding you away from what you are walking, what you are desiring to walk into. And so I told him, I said, you know, we are at a space where we can make some changes. We can make some changes that we can sustain, that can, that can put us in a position to, to thrive rather than struggle trying to make ends meet. We can make some changes. And we decided that we would make a move from, um, from where we were. And, and I told him, I said, you know, if we're going to make a move, why don't we move somewhere where we really want to be? somewhere that's beautiful. Let's, let's pick somewhere that's beautiful that you can support us, the, the handle the majority of what needs to be taken care of and I can get up and going. I, I'll have space to get up and going. And so when we decided to make that move, um, started looking around for beautiful places because I'm so drawn to nature and the aesthetic that um, we discovered that we could live in Florida and be right near the beach. Like all these things started to fall into place. It's kind of, it's kind of mind blowing when we both sit down to think about it because it's something we never thought we would be able to do. Like you think you retire and then you go live in one of these beautiful places and you have like immediate access to the beach and all these different things that you can have once you retire. But if you do it in the right way, <laughs> following um, the guidance that you are led is kind of it's kind of magical and mind-blowing the way the pieces have fallen into place for us and so now we are here um, I was targeting one one city in Florida but we ended up in another city in Florida which works out well because I was tired of the metropolitan scene I wanted a slower pace of life where I can get out in nature and just be my kids can get out um, ride their bikes in the street and not have to worry about a million cars coming by. Just slower pace of life. And what we found is a perfect, like the perfect spot for us. And I'm actually like two miles from the beach, two miles from the ocean front is where, I'm, where I stay. And like uh, uh, just catty corner to my neighborhood is a nature preserve. So it's like all these pieces that feed and fuel me are present in this space and this is this is kind of where we are I, it took it took a lot of trusting to get to this place but 
as I've done that, I'm like in so in sync with my guidance. It's like my guidance is like near to breathing. It's 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 really um, what it's become. And so my journey is sort of what I guide people into. It's like it's like I've had to live these things and embrace myself and not have a concern for the opinion of others, living, living and doing things in my own way that I've been able to walk into this space. I know when I first, when I first started um, channeling, the thing, one of the things that was kind of my motivation was I was so big on Esther Hicks and watching Esther Hicks. And I think I was so enamored with her and people who channel like her, that I thought that was the way that it had to be done. And over this past year, what I've realized is there's a calling for each of us to bring our uniqueness to the table because our uniqueness is what speaks to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So it's almost like ice cream where you have a bunch of different flavors. Everybody's not here to do it in the same exact way. And I found that when I was channeling and using that as my template for what had to be, I was on one level. When I, I had a friend who asked me what I wanted this to become. And I said, you know, I've never given thought to what I ultimately wanted to become because I've always felt like it had to become this thing that I've always seen. It had to become in the way that I've always seen it. But I've never really sat down and get, given it thought of what I, me and my team and my guidance, the desire for this expression that comes through Angela to become. But when I did, I realized that that was not me. That was Esther's way. And it worked great for Esther. And she was able to reach a lot of people. She is able to reach a lot of people in her way. But me holding myself to her standard places a limit on what I might allow this to become. And so I had to let that go. And when I did, things just started to come. I started to blossom. It was like, boom, an explosion of me coming into an expression that I can't even really... I can't really put a container around it because things that come are always so different. Like one video might not be the same as, a, as another video. When I'm working with, a, with people who I interact with, it's, not, it's never the same. The expression is always different. So I've released the bounds on what it needs to be, how it needs to be expressed. I just show up and allow it to, to be what it is. When Karen asked me to do this, um, do this chat, initially, you know, and, and sometimes I still have this come in where I have that initial angst, like, how am I going to approach this or how am I going to do this? And my guides are always like, you've lived it. You are living it. So you just show up and allow us to, to serve at guidance and you just follow the guidance. You just show up. You, there's no need to prepare anything. And so I haven't prepared anything for this. <laughs> I never, I haven't prepared anything for this discussion. It's like, just show up and do what you do. Speak, 
let's 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 just have a chat and not I don't typically get into presentation style which is what this seems to have turned into kind of presentation style but um I normally love the conversation and the dialogue because I feel like it's so nice to go back and forth because it turns into a more co-creative um experience and you bring out something that's applicable for everybody um present so yeah this is kind of uh where I am my husband is uh now he's he's my biggest fan and and i tell you he he is and he doesn't um he does he still doesn't understand everything all the pieces but he's willing to sit and listen with us in a state of openness and um now the crystals and all the things that i have and the way that i move it's no longer um all weird for him because i i do move when i channel and even when there's a presence in the space. I feel that in my body and my body is literally moved. This was one of the, one of the things that kind of came on after I owned it. <laughs> when I fully owned it, it started to come um, out. And so if you see me starting to move, my hands will move, my, my body will move, everything will start to move. It's just me feeling um, the energy in the space, moving the energy in the space. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. I was going <laughs> to ask you about the movement, but you just started talking about it. Um, but how did the kids? How did the kids deal with new mum and the move? Like, did they happily come for the ride? So my children, I've never shielded my children. I've never shielded them. I've always spoken to them frankly, and I've always made it a point to believe them if they tell me anything, because I know what it is to be a child and, and express what you are feeling, sensing, seeing, hearing, all those things and not be believed. And so I've always made it a point of sitting with them and having open um, discussions with them. From the, from the time they came into the world, we would always have discussions before I felt like they could understand me because I, I wasn't even at that space at that point when I had um, at least my first, I would always still speak to them and make sure that they felt heard and seen, but I never shielded them from the me that is and the me that has become, it's just become more, um, more openly discussed, I guess, more openly discussed in front of Papa. That's okay, they call my husband Papa. This is more more openly discussed in front of him. So it's it's brought us all together in that space because now they 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 don't have an issue with it at all. And what's funny is they don't have an issue speaking about the quote unquote woo woo stuff with their friends. They don't have an issue being lights um, in spaces with their friends. Like with us moving here to Florida, both of them has have finally started school, and um, my son went to school and I was all concerned, you know, moving from one type of neighborhood to a different, like a beachy type of neighborhood where you have so many different diverse, diverse uh, people. And you, the schools are so diverse. I was just concerned with them coming from one state, one, one place to another place and adapting and making friends and things like that. And my son came home and he said, um, yeah, you know, my friend, so-and-so said this and my friend so-and-so said that and what it told me was that he's not having any issue making friends 
he says his friends are more taken with him because he's such a nice guy. They said one friend, he said one friend told him, how can you be so nice? Like how, how can you be this nice? And he said, well, I'm just a nice guy and it's okay to be nice. And he's, what it told me is that he's serving as a light within his school, showing the kids around himself that it's okay to be nice. You don't always have to walk around guarded. You don't have to always walk around thinking um, everybody is a threat, that it's okay. It's okay to be genuinely loving and nice. And my daughter started high school here and she had a similar experience. She said there's a lot of negativity around her sometimes and there's a lot of um, animosity or what's the word do I want to use? Tension sometimes between um, students and teachers. And um, what she said is, it's, it's almost like she's here to be a light. And what she found is people being drawn to her. Like she's not even doing anything. She's not even going out of her way to uh, interact with the kids because she had just gotten there like very first day. She's like, everybody wanted to help me. She's like, I found, I found it was so amazing because everybody wanted to help me get from this class to this class. And there, there were even some um, senior girls because of the, class, the school that we were in, she was well ahead. So what, what's happened is she's been elevated um, in a lot of her classes to the point where she's, rather than being in freshman level classes, she's in classes with a lot of upperclassmen. And she thought that would be an intimidating thing to be in classes with a lot of upperclassmen. But what she's found is they've taken her in and, 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 and wanting to guide her to the next space. And I told her, I said, you know, that's really a product of the essence and the vibration that you carry. You are drawing out in the people around you love, assistance, guidance, support, what you would need to get from A to B. So you don't have to worry about school. And this is what I've told her because she'll sometimes worry. Like you don't have to worry when you exude a certain vibe, when you hold a certain vibration, the universe is here to guide you, to provide everything that you need in the way that you need it most. All you have to do is let go and not worry, stay in the heart. Stay in, stay in the heart, stay in the heart space. Just breathe in the heart. Even when you feel a little angst or a little nervousness, just sit and breathe and stay in the heart. And you don't have to, anything to worry about. The universe will send to you what you need, the guidance that you need, the support that you need. And she was so surprised at the end of the day that she had such a seamlessly unchallenging day, making it through a new school meeting people, not being alone, not being the odd one out because she's new, but everybody is drawn to her. It's been the same with, with both of both of them. So yeah. <laughs> Having a moment. <laughs> oh my God. It's so beautiful to hear, honestly. Oh, so beautiful to hear. Yeah. You know, I, I have this memory of us talking about all sorts of galactic stuff in the inner sanctum. And I just thought that you were totally on board with it all. And then one day you said hey, to me, Shelly, I'm going to need you to mute your mic, all right? Oh, thanks, Ty. Yeah, thank you. And then you had said to me, you know, 
I don't know how I feel about this galactic stuff. And I said to you, please mute your mic. Yeah. Mute your mic. Ain't nobody want to hear you. Ain't nobody want to hear your ass. Who's saying that? Let me have a look. Let me see if I can um, mute people. Who's unmuted? Everyone looks muted to me. Um, Samantha, there you go. Yeah. I think everyone's muted. Guys, be respectful. Thank you. All right. So where were we? And um, and then and then anyway. So then you said, I don't know if I know about all this galactic stuff. And then you started connecting. And I want to get into some of your channeling. But I had this sort of epiphany. Bro, why you mute me, bro? Okay. All right. There we are. So I had this sort of epiphany watching your story. Um, because a lot of people are a bit freaked out to reach out to galactic energies and consciousness, thinking that they might connect to some nefarious ones or pesky ones or things, you know, there, there's all this fear around who can attach to them I'm and gay. control them. Uh, who's that talking? Sorry. All right. And what I've noticed is that to talk to any consciousness throughout the universe, we always have to go through the portal of the higher self. And your story is one where, you know, you really got connected to that portal of your higher self, connecting to your guides that you call oneness and really establishing that relationship with love. And then once you had that, that establishment with love, then you could, you know, reach out and contact talk to anyone talk talk to any consciousness hey Sheila, yeah, i'm gonna need you to mute your mic i what is that i don't know i'm gonna have to do a bit of um who, who's saying that all right i'm just gonna pause the recording for a minute and just so um yeah, so back to what we were talking about. Um, a lot of people might want to ask. Angel, what you saying in chat? Shut up, Josh. I swear I'm trying to learn. Uh, how is somebody using my um, credentials? Um, using your credentials on recording. <laughs> All right. Would you like to sort of share with people like, who you know how they identified themselves to you who your guides are and what you call them and how they feel to you um so my guidance i <laughs> i'll tell you when they when they first started to come in they um would give me names and you know everybody grows up in different ways different um environments and based on some names it would create a bit of fear in myself um, some of the names would, because I wasn't necessarily familiar with that path. I grew up in a Baptist church <laughs> where we went to church every Sunday. So hearing some of the names, it would uh, kind of freak me out a little bit. And so I told them, I, I said, you know, I'd rather feel into it. I don't need a name. Let, let me allow me to feel into it. And as I feel into it, Let's go with that. I don't need a name. I'll just call it. We, we can just call it one collective name. And that's how oneness um, came about because I didn't really, really need that. And then I started, I got to a point where I could just feel it in my body. And it just kind of came that way. I, I, I allowed myself to feel 
into the different energies that would come. Now, some would drop, some would drop names. Um, if I was doing an automatic writing, automatic writing, the, the names would come sometimes that way. But typically, if I was feeling into an energy, I wouldn't need to ask for a name. I could just feel um, into it from that uh, heart space, and then I would know. But I'll tell you, um, in, in the beginning, I wasn't into the galactic space at all because I grew up in the Baptist church and it was either God or angels and that was it. And if you were out of, outside of that, you were in a realm that I didn't want to deal with, right? <laughs> because you were in the, in the negative space. But, but um, I, they say, as, you, as a student is ready, the teacher appears. And so I never went out searching for anybody or any anything other people started to be placed in my path divinely placed um, in my path and one one um, friend who was placed in my path was sage oneness and i she came to me and initiated an activation and that activation after the activation i had with her i started to write draw and speak um, the light language, well, write and draw um, the light language. And after that activation, it's like I went, I leveled up, so to speak, a little bit. And then another friend um, was placed in my path who was more, so much more galactic, so much more in the galactic space. And when I met her, it was, it was like we had known each other for years, lifetimes. And I know we've known each other probably many, many lifetimes. It's just that we reconnected um, in this incarnation. And she was extremely galactic. And just speaking to her would, I, it was like I would have a physical conversation with her. But in the corner of my room, we're having another chat, an unseen chat. It's like she was that activating for me where I could feel the different frequencies where I'm speaking to her on multiple um, different levels and spending time with her, getting to know her and um, just developing our relationship. Just being in her presence was so activating for me. Like we would be on the phone and speak really about nothing, but I feel, I'm feeling this activation and I knew I was on some level being activated because after we would talk, it was like I would go through this period of integration where I'm opening up and things are just starting to just explode in my awareness all of a sudden. Like just, just recently, I'll say that she, she would always share stories with me. And this is why I'm so into sharing stories because I don't believe anymore that people learn best by being taught in a manual logical, you do this, do this, do this, do this. People connect with stories and you're able to evolve by connecting from the heart with a story because it's almost like you can see yourself. You can see yourself in that, in that story and allow it to play with you in that story. It's like it bypasses your logic on some, on some level and you get more than you ever expected that you could possibly get just by listening to a simple story. And I know this, it, this plays and is so valid because she left my awareness for quite a while. So she took a break. Let's say I'm, I'm going off grid. I'm, go, I'm, I'm gonna take a break from everything social, right? Just take a break. During her break was when all these different nuggets 
I realized that she had dropped, like it was almost like she planted these little seeds within me that began to flower and blossom. And then this is when my evolution kind of really skyrocketed when is when she left my space and it was like I was left to my left to my own devices almost and I just started to embrace me and figure things out and all these seeds that she's magically planted have started to come to come to light and I'm starting to understand these stories that she might have talked about that at the time bypassed me way up here it's like oh my god now I'm starting to understand all these things that I did not get, like I heard them, but I didn't really resonate with. It's like she left my space and then they just, everything just started to become clear. Everything just started to become clear. And that was that, it was what I needed, I guess, and in integrated everything that I had um, heard, but everything that she had spoken of that at the time bypassed me has come to light. And it's moved me to some other um, level completely. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Shall we bring through the guides? Do you want to do some channeling? You can either do movement channeling, light language channeling. You can talk and, and then we'll do some Q&A uh, after that. How's that sound? Yeah, so we would rather um, have the group ask questions to facilitate a question, like a question and answer, a dialogue. Let's let's go with a dialogue feel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Has anyone got any questions? There's no questions in the chat as yet, but. Um... Because as Angela was saying, sometimes her channeling is just movement. And you've got quite a few videos on your YouTube of you just moving, which I just find so sublime. Yeah. I really do. It's kind of, yeah, just that, just, just that movement is gorgeous. So Don says here, this is more of a personal question rather than asking the guides, how long did it take for your husband to come around? It was kind of, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was in the moment. Like when he said, we'll figure it out. He meant it. We, we'll figure it out. My first video, my very first video is a video of me channeling for him, like outdoors channeling uh, for him. And that was my first time ever doing that for him. And he had a chance to ask some questions and sit sit with it and kind of take it um, all in. And again, it's like one of those things where it, over time he had to resonate with it. So I would say 2020 to now is kind of where the, 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 the duration is. Yeah. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> and it took me a long time to realize that that is love. It's totally unconditional. It's, it's not like I'm gonna run for the hills when it gets weird, when I don't understand it, it's like, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to allow myself to, to figure out something that I don't know. I'm, I'm going to allow myself to stand here and be with this person that I've chosen. Uh, to be. Can I make a clone? <laughs> Do you think your husband could clone himself about a million times? <laughs> 
absolutely i know beautiful because uh, i've you know having facilitated groups for years there was something that when i was running the academy of light i used to hear all the time that predominantly the women would have an awakening and their husbands would think that they were completely crazy and try to ignore it or they didn't come for the ride and yeah about 25 years ago that was the big complaint from everybody my husband yeah you know yeah let's speak on that let's let's put a pin there and speak on that because that was one of my fears for coming out and and just being out is that everybody everybody that I had listened to had told the same the same story or a similar story that they came out the spouse couldn't take it and they ended up um, with a divorce now my childhood I've been through that like I've experienced my parents divorcing and it seemed like everybody in my family has been divorced at least once and I know as a as a as a child who's experienced that what it is to feel that and I have not ever wanted to inflict that on my children ever ever so it was the the friend who came into my life she was the one who helped me to see how life reflects and this is where my biggest um, shift came in because I realized it's never about the other person it's always about you the other person is but showing you you so if you choose to run or leave that person okay but you still taking you with you and you at some point you still have to deal with that whatever is in resonance with what you don't want to see you at some point still have to deal with that and so we had a real heart to heart and I was crying like crocodile tears on the phone because she says that you know he's just showing you you he's just mirroring you as you shift as you change he will change also and I'm like that sounds buku crazy like how can I bring myself to believe that that sounds absolutely insane but something in me knew that to be true because it cannot be otherwise right yeah and so I started to do the work I started I started to do the work and as I started to address what in me was in resonance with what I didn't want to see. I found a lot of um, places where I wasn't loving myself, places where I was seeing myself as less than worthy. And I had to do all that inner work. But as I've done all of that inner work, well, he, (laughs) my projection of him has changed. My perception of him has changed and it's not like he did anything miraculous it's just me correcting my self-projection my projection of life because we're all projecting our lives and they play out in a way that's necessary to bring us into greater awareness of self right and so as I've done that work well he I could say he has changed, but really he hasn't changed. It's been me that's done the changing. And by way of me changing, he has changed, right? That's how that plays out. So I don't think it's necessary 
in all cases, at least it has not been the case in my reality that he needed to leave or I needed to leave him. Every time something comes up that serves as a trigger, it's an indication of work where I need to do a little bit of work on me, where I need to see things a little bit differently, where I may need to release some limiting beliefs or reframe some limiting um, beliefs. Because as I do that work, then life shifts, life changes. A lot of us have that victim um, mentality ingrained, but realistically, there are no victims. There are no victims. On some level, you've gone into agreement with everything that you witness. And it's not until you choose to see those things differently that you allow it to change. But it's all the self. It's all product of the self because life is a self projection. We are the deliberate creators, as you would always say. We are the de deliberate creators of our own experience, projecting our own reality. So it's up to us to do that inner work to change what we witness outside of us. There's so many people who fight over different things that they witness outside in society, but even soci on the societal level, that is showing you you. That is showing you you. It's an opportunity to see that and ask, what are you trying to show me about me? And as you do that work, you'll find that the world shifts. This is how people can see the world in such different um, ways. People can have such different life experiences because one person has chosen to see the external world as happening to them, right? But really, the world is not happening to you as much as you are projecting it by virtue of who you are and what you've chosen to believe and adopt about yourself. So it's, it's, it's paramount to do that inner work because if you don't do the inner work, the outside is not gonna change. It's gonna always remain um, the same. And so that's where I, that's where I am. And it's, it's funny because there was an old me who would always go to him and say, be upset. You're not doing this right. And because you're not doing this right, I can't be happy. And my happiness was so contingent upon him doing these things in exactly the way that I thought he should be doing them. And what's happened over me evolving is that I've released the reins because I've realized that it's not my job to fix anybody outside of me. It's not my job to fix anyone outside of me. It's my job to do the work on myself so that the outside is projected differently in a way that delights and excites me because I can do that. That's, that's how powerful I am. If I choose to, if I see something I don't like, I ask myself, what, what in me is in resonance with that? What are you attempting to show me? Work that thing out and I don't have to witness that thing again in the same way. It won't come up for me again in the same way. It may come again in a different way, but it won't come up again in that same way. It's like if you break, if you break a bone in your arm 
And when it heals, it's going to heal stronger than it was before, such that it never breaks in the same spot ever again. It may get close, but it's not going to experience the exact same break in the exact same spot ever again, because it's built up stronger. It knows it's, it's different. It's stronger than it was before. So it's the same way with um, with life as we work out the reframe, the limiting beliefs, let go of the limiting beliefs, then we, we allow ourselves to be more authentically who we are, basically, yeah. So beautifully said, honestly. Yeah. So beautifully said. Uh, I think I remember Oprah having Gary Zucroff on the Oprah show. He's the author of Seed of the Soul. And he was talking about soulmate relationships and everyone, you know, in the conscious community, twin flame, soulmates, we're all out there looking for the love of your life. <laughs> Gary said, I don't know, about 25, 30 years ago, Gary said, a soulmate is someone who's going to press all your buttons. <laughs> that's exactly right. I because believe that. soulmate is somebody that's going to show you the buttons you've got. And just like you said, you know, you get upset not because of what someone's doing, because of what you believe about yourself. Like that's your right. button. Yeah. So a soulmate, someone that's going to go like, let me just press all those buttons for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, I've, I've said to myself, I, I say, you know, he, he is a perfect person for me he was the perfect person for me because he's he's lived in such a way that it's helped me come out of myself because I've allowed it I've gotten over that you're doing this to me or you're not doing this right that blaming type of thing and allowed myself to see it for what it is so he's serving up all the things that are showing me me and now I can take those into myself and and work on me now, on the flip side of this, what's happened is I'm no longer the catalyst that's making him do. I'm, I'm no longer the, the motivation that's fueling him to do certain things in a certain way. So now that's created the space for him to find his own inspiration, his own ability to be inspired to move and select things that are pleasing to him, not just because it's something that will be pleasing for me, because it's something that genuinely works and fuels who he is as a person, as a man, because when we were living in the other way, it was like I was I was the catalyst behind him pushing, moving. It was like I'm the external motivation and life change doesn't come through external motivation. It has to be internally inspired and accepted. And this is kind of the space that he now has so that he can grow as well. It's like, it's like one fuels the other. And I was like, man, I wish I had known this like 20 years back because I would approach this thing a whole lot differently um, than, I, than I did at the time. But but divine timing, all of that has been necessary for me to come into the space where I am now, because now I know. And now life, I know that life doesn't have to be so hard. I feel like we make life so difficult, but life, this life game, because it is, it's a, it's a game really, right? This life game doesn't have to be so difficult. It can be extremely easy when you know 
who and what you are. That's where it starts. Who and what you are. You're more than the physical. You are a soul having a human experience. That's number one. And number two is you, <laughs> yeah, you are creating your own experience by virtue of the beliefs you choose to attach to, right? So it's like you are a divine light and you are this light that's shining through, shining through, but you got this thing up, these, these beliefs that are hindering your projection into this reality. And it's like, as you go through and you remove those beliefs, you remove those beliefs, then the full essence of you is able to shine through. But as long as you hold those beliefs, then you prevent the full essence of you from being projected into this um, space. So the work is simply to assess your beliefs, understand what's serving you, what's not, and reframe or release when you can those beliefs that are not serving you. But it takes courage because those beliefs are gonna challenge the ego's perspective of self. It's up to you to <laughs> look at those beliefs, but it's so easy. It's so easy to do if you are willing to sit with it when you are in your fear or choosing to operate in that illusory state of fear. It's not turning from or running from that fear, but sitting with that fear or even that pain. So I've had these talks with my, uh, my daughter from time to time. And in moments, for instance, where she's experiencing pain, nobody likes pain, but pain is a, it's an alert. It's, an, it's a message from your body trying to get your attention. So it's not, it's not to your advantage to, what's the word, numb the pain. It's not to your advantage to numb the pain or to attempt to run from the pain, but it's to your advantage to sit with, look dead in the eye, the pain, breathe into it. And so this is how I guide my daughter from time to time. Let's say if she's experiencing some pain, I always tell her to sit with it and take a deep breath and envision it right in front of you. And you are looking it dead in the eye and you wanna breathe into it. Allow yourself to breathe into it. It's not until you allow yourself to face it and breathe into it that we can address what it really is. And so she's learned, like she, it's like almost like she intuitively knew when I explained this to her to look at and breathe into the pain. And as I move the energy, I can feel this, tentacle, it's, it's almost like a tentacle reaching through me. It's like you have um, DNA or ancestral things that attach from mom to kid, mom to child from time to time. But it was like when she breathed into it, then I could help her release and remove this thing that's coming through me that's reaching down into her. But for me, it feels like tentacles 
that 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 I'm having to pull away energetically um, pull away. But sitting with that pain essentially is the point sitting with your pain sitting with your fear having the courage to face it and releasing that need to preserve yeah the, to preserve the ego's um, identity of self yeah so you can get to the true essence of self yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Can just bask in everything that you're saying. You're saying. <laughs> do you want to do do you want to do a little bit of channeling and I'll ask the guides some questions just to um, sure. maybe okay. some global questions and then I'll turn the recording off and we can just open up for personal okay. questions. How do you yeah. feel about that? Let's go, let's go for that. All right. Hello, oneness. Thank you for being with us. Our presence is, we are happy to be here in this time. de sandugua ratu da anse aso ratua sha de rendu suko aisitre kosokai retu asandushe ferute asarute faronde ke shotoka isandua ratua she ferota kai da sandushe ase They desire to clear the space before we before we begin. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Feruda. Berudo kai sotrakan sotua. Desierro. Ah. What has been shared is perugua. Is is perugua desodugua. Desa, ah, yesa, dosunaka reyanto. Sheroda, berreyanto ko shodarai. Sheriyoto u sheriyoto kai soda berreyoto ko sandakai sotoa. Sheriyoto ko sandegya sotoa. Berota. They desire to bypass the logic and speak. to the essence of those present, which is why they won't allow me to translate in the moment. Okay. 
Berriandokuata ishe ratua. Show do ah. Serio tu asande kai. Soria tu she. Sedu. Berriatu sanduri asua. Retu shandua. Serio tu konde show. Desandu. Retu. Seriandu. Aite. Wariatu kua. Desandua. Sharute. Resundekai. Retua. Brasetuche. Yes, you may ask your questions, Karen. <laughs> Oh, this is what I want to say. Ooh. You know where I'm transported to at the moment? I'm a bit obsessed with Avatar. The new Avatar movie is coming out. And I feel like I'm on a planet like Avatar. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> with those beings that are so, uh, you know, earth-centred and so sky-centred, like so, yeah, multidimensional. Yeah, multidimensional beings. Oh, questions, questions, questions. So let's talk about the transmitter transmission of the light language sound and the movement. What effect does it have on those who witness it and hear it? Wow, so metu It bypasses the logic. It creates a harmonic resonance with the environment around and allows the frequency which we transmit, which is love, to be seen, to be felt without restriction, without the encumbrance of the mind, preventing receipt. It speaks to the very core, the very essence of the being itself enlivening the DNA, the essence of the self. Thank you. So it's like, it's like receiving light codes through sound, movement, and what we're witnessing. Would that be fair? Mm. The codes are but essence. The codes are but energy. It's allowing yourself to receive on an energetic level without the encumbrance of the mind, creating a buffer or a filter on the self. It's allowing yourself to feel the essence of that which lies around you, that which animates, permeates, and enfolds your very beingness is allowing yourself to be in receipt of all that is without hindrance, without restriction. Thank you. 
And can anyone access this frequency of oneness that is communicating through Angela? And if so, <laughs> how? This frequency is but love. Allowing yourself, granting yourself permission to remember the truth that you are. You are love in essence. On some level, there is a holding of the self away from the remembrance of this truth. All have access. You need but remember. Oh, that one hit me. That was beautiful. I don't think I have any questions. Maybe you could speak to the energies coming forth in 2023. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share with us? <laughs> there is a transition in place. There is a transition taking place. Yes. Allowing yourself to feel and resonate with that which is coming forth. For it is prompting, catalyzing your change for those who have chosen, for not all have chosen. Those who are ready to shift to move into a space of allowing love to be the foundation upon which you build, then there are energies coming into this plane of being that will assist in facilitating this change. Where there is a desire, where there is a desire for love, love is present. You have only to receive and allow. Thank you. I think we might finish the recording there for the questions for Oneness Now, and I'll stop the recording and then I'll open it up to the group if they want to ask. We'll spend another 10, 15 minutes just if you want to ask any personal questions. But I want to say thank you to Angela and Oneness for <laughs> being with us today. Yes, Arunda Chakai Sotua Paratua Desandua Desha. It's a pleasure to be present with you at this time. Thank you. Radua Desa.